Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. And thanks once again for joining us this week. Coming up, we will talk to my colleague from A7BN Sports and the Captain and Company Morning Show, Kumal Kyle Nash. He's also the student of the game, writer and pod host for the three-point conversion and default hilarity, the man with many missions, Kyle Nash, standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a few moments. Well, I think I lived up to my promise that I would not talk about Aaron Rodgers while the quote-unquote threat not to play for the Green Bay Packers played out. He has thus reported, we'll talk about that with Kyle in a a little bit, but man, this guy is just, (laughs) he's wrapped a little differently. And man, he loves the drama. (laughs) It's all you could, all you could say. Coming up, up, we'll have a little bit more with Kyle as far as that goes. As we record this on Thursday, July 29th, closing in on the baseball trade deadline, So Anthony Rizzo is going from the Cubs to the Yankees. Max Serzer looks like he's going going to the Padres from the Washington Nationals. They'll have to wave a no trade, but uh, the hot stove getting hot. The White Sox getting Cleveland second baseman Cesar Hernandez. Oh boy, just lots lots of interesting stuff as we get down to the trade line every year. And, uh, Sure, more deals to be done. There'll probably be uh, uh, additional ones that you'll know about before you even hear this podcast. Other baseball stuff to talk about. Here's a couple interesting things we always talk about on the show, how you always come across something you've never seen in the game before. Here's a couple of instances. Tigers and Twins. Boy, yesterday they played <laughs> Detroit wins 17-14 to over Minnesota. And so, with that happening, get this, the Twins of the first team did seven home runs and lose. Not only that, the Tigers are the first team to be out homered by seven home runs and win. (laughs) That's a pretty, pretty crazy stuff there. And then, how about this story? Pirates rookie Rodolfo Castro, his first five hits in the major leagues, not all consecutive, but his first five hits in Major League Baseball are home runs. Who's this guy think he is? Roy Hobbs? All right, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show my colleague from A7BN Sports. He's part of the Captain and Company Morning Show on OldSchool101.com. And he's the host of the Three Point Conversion Podcast. He is a man with many missions, but a man devoted to sports. We welcome once again to the program, Kumo, Kyle Nash. Kyle, thanks for being back on the show. Hey, man, good to be aboard. Not not everybody remembers the, the, the hilarity by default action, and you got the Twitter handle in there, at default hilarity. Demosthenes will dig that. I appreciate it. Yes, and, of course, uh, also known as the student of the game. All right, there you go. See, <laughs> you're going around it, too. Heck, the only way you'd have been perfect 
is if you when you mentioned Captain and Company Morning, you mentioned the the confines of the Kumo, right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly right. So, uh, how you been? Listen, it's 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 an interesting thing trying to do the sports uh, nowadays uh, in general with. You know, oh, we're off of COVID, maybe, but we're not. And the thing's coming on. And, hey, Aaron Rodgers is going nuts. And what's going on with, with Deshaun Watson? And, oh, by the way, Big 12. And uh, crazy <laughs> all over the place, man. It's, it's actually kind of fun at the same time. Yeah, well, let's talk about that stuff. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I made the commitment not to talk about Aaron Rodgers when this drama started because it just didn't want to feed into, you know, that's just stuff that really fuels the hot take uh, radio and TV shows. Uh, so I, I say I'll leave it to the, to those folks and whatnot. Now that he's reported, which I never really thought he wouldn't report. Right. Uh, but so let's get kind of get your viewpoint on this. Uh, you know, this is a guy that, uh, man, he carries a lot of drama <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, and he's, he's, a, he's, he's been one of the, the finest quarterbacks but he wants to be treated like the best that ever was. And he ain't quite that. <laughs> uh, you know, the way I've said it before, first of all, I got to give you credit um, for, for not having an ego as big as mine, because when the chatter started about Aaron Charles Rogers, it, 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 it came down to, uh, it was on beyond the buzzer, the, the three point conversion pod that you mentioned, it was on uh, beyond the buzzer where I said, this goes back to when these first started kicking stuff around. So I'll say, you know, definitely may early may, maybe I, I don't remember exactly when I'd have to look it up now, but I said, listen, folks, stop talking about it until at least June six. But even then I'm kind of like, he probably won't go. You know, uh, and then kind of like when, when I predicted that the, the Niners wouldn't pick Mac Jones, there were some things that made me wonder, but I still kind of held fast that it didn't seem like he was going anywhere. And so his press conference, I think it was as of when we recorded it, would, recording now, it would have been yesterday. Um, so when he gave that press conference, when he listed the air quotes grievances, when he mentioned the players who he thought could have been treated better, i.e. Charles Woodson and company. There's a longer list that I don't remember. Jordy Nelson and guys like that, yeah. Julius Peppers, et cetera, et cetera. I I mean, you know, I I could probably at least guess six of the 12 players he mentioned, not to mention the the 13th being that obscure receiver whose name is long and starts with K that I can never remember how to pronounce, whatever. Um, But uh, here's the thing. I've heard some people throw some heat at, at Aaron Rodgers. Now, from your perspective, is he the greatest quarterback of all time ever? No, he's not Joe Montana. I got that. But right now, in this stage of the game, he is the best quarterback in the NFL. I, I think that's tough to argue. And at the very least, he's certainly the best Packer quarterback in history. That's right. I said it, Brett Favre fans. Deal with yourselves. Okay. <laughs> Aaron Charles Rodgers isn't going to lead the league in career interceptions when he retires. I can guarantee that. So there's that. Um, but I would also argue that pound for pound, the only other person that may do more with less than Aaron Charles Rogers is, is a kind of a tie between, um, Russell Carrington Wilson and Deshaun Watson, whose middle name I should probably learn because he is that good a quarterback. But unfortunately his situation is a bit precarious at the moment. His middle name might end up being a, 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 a cell number. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Some sort of a processing number. You know, I, I, I'm having to, to hold off on writing 
portions of my AFC preview, um, which will be out next week for the three point conversion.com. Um, because I mean, heck, if I had re- released it this week, I would have missed Randall Cobb being held for ransom by Aaron Charles Rogers up there in green Bay. Right. <laughs> but I mean, as far as his grievances, dude's kind of right. Like uh, I'll put it this way. We've already forgotten that Thomas Edward Brady was there making demands of the Pats and where they didn't li- deliver, he went to Tampa who had the best roster at every position, probably except for quarterback. And look what happened. And that defense and everybody and that offense is all back again. Do I believe somebody other than Thomas Edward Brady, Brady could win a Super Bowl there? Yeah. But at this stage in the game, Brady was smart enough to use that, uh, to use that leverage to get what it is he wanted. Then from Aaron Rodgers' perspective, he sees that. He sees Russell Wilson kind of hold Seattle hostage, rightly so, if I might add, because they've done very little. They haven't done enough yet to address their offensive line, and frankly, Sierra's probably worried about um, his, his brain cognition at some point in the future. I mean, listen, if I'm, married, if I'm married to Russell Carrington Wilson, I'm worried about how many hits to the head he's taken at this point in his career, point blank. So... Yeah, it's a good thing he knows how to run for his life <laughs> otherwise, right? right. And, and listen, to, to sum it up, Aaron, Aaron Charles Rogers has been to two NFC championships. It's not his fault his team couldn't stop the run against the 49ers a couple years ago, okay? And it, it could be argued that it's not his fault that his team went, went for the field goal instead of that last attempt at, that, uh, at, a, at a touchdown. I could argue that, that Charles, Aaron Charles Rogers didn't have his best game, but... Who had, his be- who had their best game against that defense? Maybe everyone remembers what happened to Patrick LeVon Mahomes II in the Super Bowl. Any, anybody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I see where he's coming from. Is it a bit much? Yeah, I'm feeling that. When, when you're holding your team hostage saying, I don't know, I could be the host of Jeopardy, that's a bit much. I get it. Yeah. Well, you know, I find it interesting because, you know, he's an interesting study because, you know, he has the, the great physical gifts and, and the tools. You know, he's won a lot of games. He's only won one Super Bowl. Yeah. And, you know, and you can, and you can say, too, among the, over the years, he's had a lot of talent around him. So, you know, he, he hasn't been devoid of talent. Right, yeah, uh, not he, devoid. There's, there's, there's times where he's missing some things. Certainly a lot of people uh, get hurt quickly and disappear. But notice this, Jeff. The year he won the Super Bowl was also the year he had the defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm on the other side, and probably the best defense the Packers have had in what? To, since the Brett Favre era, which yeah. had a lot to do with why Brett Favre won his mm-hmm. Super Bowls, because when you throw that many picks, defenses bail you out with Reggie White's help, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know. But I always go back to that one to tangible, because you, you, brought up, uh, you brought up the names of Brady and Montana, and, and mm-hmm. you look at guys like that. I think that one thing that Aaron Rodgers sometimes lacks, though, is you know there, and I, I won't say he lacks leadership because you know you don't you don't win as many games as he does without being a leader, mm-hmm. but he just kind of lacks that one intangible uh, at the championship level. I think that uh, you know that that certain guys have, you know, seem detached, doesn't he? Yeah, I follow what you're saying there. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, well, I'll put it this way: <clears throat> in the case of Joe Montana or Tom Brady. I can't. Montana was known as Joe Cool, so he didn't have this problem. But there are times where we see cameras on the sideline, and Tom Brady was less than cuddly, even with his brand new Tampa Bay teammates. Mm-hmm. So, but what I could say for a fact is, 
is Giselle or Tom Brady's brother or, or any member of his family hasn't thrown Tom Brady under the bus the same way it's happened to Aaron Charles Rogers and his family. <laughs> so one has to wonder. And then, you know, f- former teammates don't out Tom Brady as being problematic. He's just a perfectionist. Meanwhile, Greg Jennings, now an analyst, goes out of his way to throw Aaron Rodgers under the bus, it seems like, right? <laughs> and his own brother, as you kind of alluded to. <laughs> right. yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're not a Family Matters sitcom, that's for sure. That is correct, yes. <laughs> but the one thing that is great about, uh, about having this conversation is, you know, the smell of football is back yeah. in the air in cool. NFL training camps and things like that. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the burning question. Can the Bucks repeat? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, listen, and it's got nothing to do with Tom Brady. I, I mean, at this point, I've honestly forgotten who his backup is because, man, Tristan Wirtz being added to that offensive line, I knew it was going to be a big deal, but he's turned out to be great and did amazing things. And as a rookie, won a Super Bowl because of his ability to prote- protect a guy that ages better than Dick Clark. Okay. <laughs> And for those who don't know, Dick Clark is mommy, uh, ha, uh, is a guy who mommies and daddies used to watch play music videos before MTV was a thing. <laughs> you know? So, um, no, but yeah, they're, they're just so complete. And the fact that they literally got everybody back in a basically, un- I, can't, I don't know some other time that that's happened quite like that. So, yeah, I, I think... Normally, I hate the, the, oh, will they repeat question, but this one's a very compelling case, and I'm kind of inclined to think so. Listen, I'm a 49ers guy. I still don't think they have enough offense. You know, um, I still don't think that the Packers have addressed the defense enough. Um, they may have been a little distracted this offseason to not have the opportunity to do so, as we recently discussed. <laughs> um, you know, nobody, uh, nobody in the NFC East is, is worthy of getting a playoff, but somebody's going to get in there because my Cowboys will get in there this year. I got a feeling. Uh, well, I mean, gosh, I hope that injury to Dak isn't a big deal. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, that's very disturbing. Um, and and I'm not inclined to believe that um, the Saints, whether it's under um, um, uh, Jameis or Tristan Hill is going to have the right stuff on offense and they don't have enough on defense to compensate. So who's left really, you know? Yeah. Well, talk about your 49ers. What do you, what do you, what do you, wow. You know, uh, you're going to give me an opportunity to embarrass the heck out of myself because the truth is because so many people are hurt. I don't really know what to tell you. Uh, You're very, it's very encouraging to see like people want to be like, Hey, what, what happened to Garoppolo? He was so bad. Yeah. He's playing most of his games hurt. Now, I had it happen to me. It was funny. I was, I was wearing my Marshall Falk jersey while wearing my 49ers cap backwards. It's a great combination. <laughs> so, of course, somebody at the store called me out on that. He was like, like oh, the Rams. Huh? Well, then I showed him my hat and further confused them, and they asked me, so you think Garoppolo will stay healthy? All I could say to this poor guy was, uh, maybe, you know. Um, but if he does get hurt, you know, Trey Lance is there to fill it in. Um, I don't feel like their receiver core is what it needs to be, but does it really need to be if you got George Kittle and that, that attack on the ground that they have? Um, their offensive line is still epic, and their defense is still pretty solid. It's just the health thing, man. Uh, you know, if they can stay healthy, they're going to dark horse that division. 
say what you will about Matt Stafford, I'm just not sure they have enough offense around him still. You went from one team that had a good receiver core to one that has a worse receiver core, maybe better running backs, I'll grant, and an offensive line that lost a lot of their base pieces. I don't really see a change other than maybe you have Sean McVay now. That's it, you know. Yeah, well, give me your thoughts on on Trey Lance. So he becomes the second North Dakota State quarterback to be a surprise first-round draft pick. Well, yeah. maybe not surprise first round, but where he went and how, and how high he went. It was a bit surprising. Like, he started, like, what, two games? No, I'm joking. But, like, um, <laughs> it wasn't a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was not a lot at all. But the reason why I like the move certainly more than, than Mac Jones is because it plays to the trend of the NFL. Jeff, the top five quarterbacks, um, and no, Brady is not a top five quarterback. Don't do that if you're that guy who thinks I'm talking to to- about Tom Brady. And he's, just, that, a, he's just a winning quarterback. <laughs> yeah, listen, there's nothing wrong with yeah. being just a top 10 quarterback. You're getting a Super Bowl ring. Listen, yeah, yeah. it's not like I'm calling the guy Joe Flacco here, okay? <laughs> um, but, but um, you know, the top five quarterbacks have some mobile element to their game, right? where a running passer used to be the bane of the existence of any established offense that was going to be a championship contender, the life is different. And the 49ers, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, um, who's going into the Hall of Fame, finally, um, you know, uh, hopefully he can get a second bust as a, as a GM with the way he's going, I'm just saying. But um, he, 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 the fact that they acknowledge that that's the trend for NFL offenses is, is, is mobile mobility at the quarterback position is, is why I think that happened. And I, I was in favor of it. You know, I was going to be disappointed if they had picked Mac Jones and I felt really smart when I predicted that they wouldn't now leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to take those points where you can get them, man. I, I totally understand that. Hey, and uh, until they snap the ball for the next season, I can still talk about how I knew Stefan Diggs would be a big deal for the bills last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely right. So let's talk about the college game because, you know, now it's the off the, you know, I'm excited for football to start. But sure. boy, all the off the field news has been quite intriguing this summer. First, the expansion of the college football playoff, which is uh, that process is underway to go to 12 teams. Right. And now we have Texas and Oklahoma saying, ah, we're going to go to the SEC. Yeah, and, and and crushing the Big Twelve in the process, man. That's a that's a that's a lot of moving parts happening right now, uh, as far as you know, conference realignments and things like that go. Yeah, I mean, we're back to that thing. You know, I I, I always loathe UCF fan who's always like, well, why don't you just join another conference? Uh, <laughs> you know, hey, yeah, let me just bake some fried chicken and take it over to somebody's house. You know, I like <laughs> that, that'll get me in there. No. Um, but this happening the way that it did, and, and I'll tell you, some of the Game of Thrones uh, a, a level of, of coercion and, and subterfuge that's being reported here, like, hey, SEC, don't tell Texas Tech, but we're totally interested. Oh, that's so awesome. Let's talk to ESPN. Hey, ESPN, don't tell, don't tell Texas A&M about this. Okay. You know, and, and now the rumors out there that, that ESPN was like, Hey, American Athletic Conference. Yeah, don't tell, don't tell anybody, but we're totally going to try to take the rest of the Big 12 teams. Oh, that sounds awesome. You know, 
And by the wait way, a minute, wait a minute. ESPN meddling in college football. I know. I'm shocked. I can see the stains on your ceiling from your mind being blown <laughs> top of your head. It's crazy. Um, yeah, but like all the, all the Game of Thrones level stuff's going on. And, and I, I really think UCF fans should get super excited because things are going in the correct direction. And I'm not even saying this for the potential that could mean for me as a media person to cover this. It's going to be amazing if they're actually in what I think will eventually be the fifth Power Five conference um, after the Big 12 is dissolved. Yeah, I, I said it, by the way. Um, uh, you know, if, that, if that's truly what's going to happen, this conference that's formed not only has the opportunity to further make the Pac-12 look bad. That's right. I said it. But should Clemson not perform quite as well, you know, fall outside, let's say, the top five for the first time in a long time? I'm not saying that'll happen. But if it does, what makes the ACC credible? So this new conference has a potential to, to be the third best conference in said potential power five. And oh, by the way, the Big 12, air quotes, as it used to be known, will see more defense within its conference than it's seen in years. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Listen, name me a Big 12 team that's had a defense as good as Tulsa. You can't do it. No, no, you really can't. And so it's, it is really mind-boggling when you think about that possibility. And, you know, what this would also could mean, can you imagine UCF getting to play Kansas twice a year in basketball? Oh, yeah. The too. Like, we're, listen, I'm talking all this trash about football because, you know, yeah. it's what I do, I, you know, but man, the other sports implications are great, too. I mean, heck, you know, will this make them more relevant, relevant uh, uh, in their efforts to get into um, the College World Series even, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, really, the only thing that's still basically out of reach for UCF is the Frozen Four at this point. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've heard they've got a pretty good, uh, pretty good intramural program uh, in, in in ice hockey out there. So uh, oh, yeah, in, in hockey, it's considered a club because they're not sponsored the right way. But it for for what it is and being based out of Florida, I've heard good things. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. So so, but getting back into what, what this what this what this means as far as the football landscape goes, where you where where I'm really mind boggled is the fact that you know the American which has been, you know, on that periphery, they've been the best of the, and I hate the term G5, but we'll use it for these purposes. Um, the conference is poised, you know, and their TV deal, which they did with ESPN, which includes a lot of ESPN plus, they did a long-term deal. That's looking pretty smart right now based yeah, right. on the timing of what's happening with the Big 12. <laughs> and I mean, gosh, it's almost as if Mike Oresco did a lot more than the haters think he did. You know, listen, uh, <laughs> to take an aside on that, I talked to Mike Oresco just before the conference championship um, where Coach Frost was still providing over UCF. Scott Frost was still there, and Mike Norvell wasn't at FSU yet, right? <laughs> um and talking to him then, he had mentioned that there were a lot, we're in talks, there's a lot of machinations and, and surrounding t uh, TV deals and stuff. Who would know in 2017 that it could materialize to something like this just a mere short uh, four years later? Holy guacamole, right? Mm -hmm. you know? um, and, and that's the tough part about 
operating in a world behind the closed doors in the boardroom rather than out in the court of public opinion where literally everybody is an expert. You know, I mean, I talk about scraping you uh, scraping off the bottom of the barrel to get me. It's all the geniuses you could miss that are out there on these geniuses on Twitter. Right. (laughs) But yeah, man, there's I'll put it this way. If if this deal reaches fruition to where the AAC actually does absorb these big 12 teams, UCF would have to be prominent in it, obviously, as well. And Mike Oresco haters are really going to have to dig to come up with some excuses to hate at this point. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I've been fortunate enough to have Mike Oresco on the AAC report. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, he was a longtime executive at, at CBS, mm-hmm. you know, so he knows the ins and outs of these things, worked at ESPN, you know, you know, the fact that he, while you can, you can, you can, you can look at the, the cons of the contract, and and there are a few because you know none of these contracts are perfect. Uh, when, when, yeah. you, you know when you get down to it, but you know he had to play smart and play nice with ESPN because as we've, we've already said, they're stirring they're stirring this drink, mm-hmm. and so you have to give him his props and his due for navigating that as well as he did because even though even if the big 12 thing wasn't happening and, and conference realignment possibilities beyond that, you know, he did increase the revenue for, for the conference and he's, and he's, and he's raised its profile. So I think a lot of good things could be said about that. Right. Yeah. And, and as much as, as, as the, uh, the, some of the more arrogant UCF fans would tell you that it's all um, UCF that's done it while it's certainly a good portion of it. Yep. Um, I, I, you can't rule out the role of Tulane, Memphis, Cincinnati, um, and, and those other schools to help lift the profile. Um, you know, Cincinnati put on a strong performance in their NY6 in 2020 here, okay? So it, I know they didn't win the game, but they sure as heck had a shot to, you know. Um, Clock management. <laughs> yeah. the reason they lost that game. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, hell, clock managers is something Pete Carroll still gets wrong in the NFL, not just as, as a USC <laughs> coach. It's, you know, it's, it's killed a lot of coaches. It killed their efforts there. I'm 100% with you. Um, it, it's uh, the... Uh, for all all the stuff that's going on with the conference on the field, it's glad to see it's matching up off the field too with some of the negotiation stuff. And listen, I'm in a place where I'd love to see the Americans surpass the ACC and expose them as the frauds they are, especially in football. That's right. I said it. Yeah. I'm with you on that as well. So uh, let's talk about the Knights. You know, yeah. a lot of excitement uh, going in with the new regime. Gus Malzahn, you know, the thing I said that, you know, made this a no-brainer for Gus Malzahn to take the job is Dylan Gabriel. I mean, sure. you, you, look, you know he had to be looking at his chops besides looking at the, at the overall picture and, and how the program has risen and, and what he thinks he can do to continue that elevation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, give me your thoughts on, uh, on him taking over the program. Gosh, you know, uh, uh, his first press conference, he said that that he was going to recruit like his hero was on fire. And as as he introduced his new coaches over the over the next two weeks, so worth or so worth of press conferences, they echoed it. And man, it's amazing that he I never knew a man of that age to use that much 
product in his hair because that's the only other way I can think he could sustain that much fire in his hair, you know, <laughs> to recruit like his hair is in fact on fire, right? Um, what is it? It's And he's got the thing on Twitter for those who haven't noticed when he goes, boom, and he gets another recruit, he adds another exclamation point onto it. He's past 10, right? I mean, yeah. so the only downside is how do you make a bunch of transfers like this um, the ones certainly the ones that will see significant field time, which is a lot of them when you you know consider the work he had to do up front on defense, certainly some of the receivers he brought in after some of the transfers that took place um, because they were delicious, uh, disillusioned by whatever Hypel did. You know, um, so much of a win. And what's interesting is say what you will, because I'm a Danny White supporter too. I know people have decided to be all like, well, now that he's gone, I hate him. Well, no, he's a big part of, of how they got here. Let's not be dumb. Yeah, a large part, yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and while some of his scheduling decisions turned out to backfire, with the information he had at the time and the philosophy he was taking, I can't fault him for his strategy. It just didn't work as well as yeah, it would have liked. You know? Absolutely. I tell you about that because, you know, I agreed with his stance at the time mm-hmm. because he, he, if he was ever going to have the potential leverage, that was the time to say, no, we're going to play one for one and not two for one. And right. I was okay with that at the, at the time, given what we know. And mm-hmm. I always go back to that thing. If you want to be big time, you got to act big time. Yeah, yeah, right. And and sometimes big time means a level of arrogance. Just observe how UF tried to drag UCF through the mud. And really, you know, it's interesting to to keep it fresh with the Game of Thrones references. It, the lion shouldn't worry about the murmurings of the sheep. But if UCF is making you react that way, <laughs> you know, um, the other thing with Danny White is the, the the thing he said. It was a throwaway line at the time, but something he said. I believe it was the 20, 2018, he took the mic for a bit after that conference championship to, again, make his yearly appeal of, hey, let the little guys in, you know, air quotes, little guys. Um, he said it far more eloquently than that, but we get that that's the take. He had said, uh, you know, somebody asked him a question about scheduling, as, as the press will often do when set up with the opportunity. Um, he said, you know, if I had known that all this was going to happen this way, I would have scheduled a lot more tougher teams back in 16. <laughs> you know, and, and for context, that's coming, that's fresh coming off of the, we just lost every game year, right? So, I mean, and hey, look at what USF is doing as a horrible team. They're getting, all they can advertise is their scheduling wins and UCF could have had that at that time. It's, it's a great point that Danny White pointed that out about himself. And that's his, <laughs> he gives the best critique of himself is the opportunity that he missed. But, all that aside, with, with, with Danny White, the thing I find interesting is you mentioned what they knew at the time is going to work. I like the fact that stuff is spaced out as much the way it is with the new uh, UF deal. Because uh, I assume you mentioned the one-for-ones. I'm going to use my cognitive skills and assume that we're going to the two-for-one. A, the two-for-one is actually a two-for-one and not a 2 owen one No one's evoking the citrus bowl in the negotiation. So let's make, I have not heard enough of that being brought up as a comparison here. So let's give Terry Mohajer some credit. Yeah. He took the deal deal Danny didn't want, but he was smart enough to get it at the bounce house. And if things go well enough, it's possible that by the time U of F is coming to the bounce house, maybe expansion would have happened by then shrug. 
you know, especially if they're getting that new deal, allegedly with that new uh, title sponsor, hopefully it's SpaceX, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, it'd be perfect. I'm just saying, yeah. But I say all of that and I'm going on and on to get to this at this point. The reason why that deal is good is we're in that place where I feel like UCF is going to be better at, at a particular, not necessarily a championship level, but they're going to be at a conference championship level um, every year in the hunt, I think for a while, especially with Gus Malzahn around, right? The iron somehow stayed hot despite whatever critique you want to make of the Josh Heupel era. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, they were able to hire Gus Malzahn with Tennessee money that they were repudiated from Josh Heupel leaving. How does that even work? <laughs> you know, so, uh, I mean, you say no brainer. Yeah. And the fact that all that took place with basically either no or a brand spanking new AD is fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, good thing they had a little bit of history, albeit a, a short one. Recent history. Uh, you, yes. you, you know, in Arkansas State. Uh, but yeah, just to, just to look at that, you know, I, I go back to it because, you know, when Gus's day first came, I thought, oh, no, 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 not a retread. Let's not do that. But, you know, he won me over. Oh, you yeah. Know, you know, just, just quickly. And, and you could see the dedication there. And it's like, okay, I, I can get, you know, at the end of the day, okay, who else was out there that has his pedigree? Exactly. I, I, I got to that point too. When I asked that question, it's like, well, dang, y'all nailed it. Okay. You know, <laughs> um, you know, I was less harsh on Hypo, but with the way things are starting to form and now stuff I've heard from players, um, uh, alumni and otherwise, people who were members of the 2017 and 2018 teams, um, it's, it's very interesting. I, I believe the word dweeb was used to describe Hypo. So, <laughs> That impulse alone makes me feel glad that they made the change at the coaching position, simply put. Well, and, you know, it's kind of a nice way it kind of worked out because, you know, you know, and I give Josh a lot of credit because he, he was learning how to be a head coach on the job, mm -hmm. you know. Yes. So, uh, you know, and, and what he did after the undefeated season and, the, and, and our national championship, the following season w was, was an amazing feat. Uh, I don't care how you slice it. One so, touchdown away from LSU, who then the next year went on to be the best offense in the history yeah. of college football. Yeah, so, you know, so, you know, Heifel certainly deserves his, his lion's share of the, of the credit, if you will. But mm -hmm. he was trending downward here. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any, any mistake about that. And I think, you know, now it's easy to see and, you know, hindsight's perfect for that. Uh, you can see where his weaknesses are. Now, you, he'll, have, he'll have a lot to shore up when he gets to Tennessee, but he's going to have the support of his athletic director. He's going to at least excite the fan base with that style of offense because, mm -hmm. you know, Tennessee, uh, Tim Brando said on, my show, said on my show last week, this is a team that's had zero identity with their offense. For how many point. years now? That's a good so, point. So now they'll have an identity. You know, they're not going to win right away. But, sure. but, you know, they have something to build upon. So uh, it is interesting how, how all that worked out for all parties, if you, if you really stop and look at it. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and then, you know, so UCF was definitely – had the benefit of being able to afford Gus with the help of that, uh, how you say, volunteer stimulus package. 
<laughs> um, then you mentioned Dylan Gabriel. Of course, that's a great thing that he's looking forward to. Um, Bentavius Thompson is going to be an excellent runner. And oh, by the way, <laughs> there's a very special transfer that can come in and help with that. You know, um, J Flash is still a thing, but hey, don't worry. There's transfers that can help at the receiver position. Um, you know, uh, the only part that I think that the UCF fan base has to be disappointed about on the offense and it's it's going to be odd that I say this. I, I don't mean to throw these cats under the bus, but I'd like to see the, the interior line needs to play a little bit better in those in those tougher games. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a if that's a strategy problem or that we're getting hurt because we're slightly undersized at the guard position. Um, but or, you know, the interior line needs to be short up there or and the tight end spot could be better. You know, I think yeah. that's about it on offense. Well, I think they'll actually be involved in the offense for once. <laughs> I agree. Um, so, it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> here's the thing. How do you go, how do you go from, from Jordan Ankins and then to, I like Jake Keskock, but he's not the same athlete. Yeah. So to, people say, well, you need to use the tight end more. I'm like, you didn't have the same guy. You know, you go from, you go from Jordan Ankins to Kalubi Ali and then expect Hescock to no, it, 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 I don't think he was that guy. Yeah. You know, cool guy, great mustache until he shaved it, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but certainly, you know, a lot to look forward to. And boy, it gets started with a bang. Boise State. That's yeah. uh, you know, I mean, this is a this is a uh, a you you hate to say it, it's a big game for the first game of the season, mm-hmm. but it does mean everything to both teams right out of the shoot. Show. Yeah, that I mean, that's NY six potential all over it, um, and 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 your chances to get there, um, certainly on trial immediately, right? Um, and and to be honest, ever since uh, um, Rippin left at the quarterback spot, it's kind of been hard for me to really understand what they really do on offense. You know, that that identity is still a thing. Um, obviously, I'm not going to camp up in Idaho there, but. Uh, <laughs> As I see what I can, I will, I'll try to evaluate as best as possible. Unfortunately, what evaluation do you have? It's week one, right? But I, 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 I'll put it this way. The, uh, the reliable sources I do have, it's going to be a shootout, but I think both teams stay under 40. It's still going to be a fun game to watch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you look at this too. I mean, these are the two programs when you really look at it, that were the, uh, the, the teams that were the, the breakthroughs against the old BCS and oh, then, yeah. and then you know, the college football playoff. These are the two programs that had, had made the biggest, the biggest dents. And God, what a noble fan base, too, when it comes to Boise State. Listen, I, I, I regularly get into more sparring of, of, of bringing people back to reality with UCF fans. Then I do Boise State people, man. They they um they're a cool bunch. And I, I just some of the stuff I've seen them do to show um uh, respect for one's opponent, that kind of thing, as fellow sufferers of of the underappreciated um, <laughs> on, on social media. It, they're a cool fan base, man. I like what I see from them. Yeah, no question. They've been, they've been a they've been a great program for a long time, mm-hmm. as well. So. Hey, Kyle, it's been great having you on once again. Uh, always enjoy the visit. So uh, please uh, take some time and uh, get out many shameless plugs for all your endeavors, please. Hey, listen, the, 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 if, it were any, if my plugs were any more shameless, they would star William H. Macy. Boom. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, no, of course, first of all, as Jeff's mentioned, I am Kyle Nash, the student of the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram as the same, the SOTG. Find me on Facebook as the student of the game, as aforementioned. You can find my work. Of course, I'm there usually once a week on the Captain and Company morning show established with OldSchool101.com and A7BN Sports. Then you could check out my stuff on the threepointconversion.com. That's the number three, not the letter three. I know I have to submit it on um, August 1st, so you'll see it before the end of training camp. My preview of the AFC South as it comes out. And don't worry, Jeff, I don't talk about Tim Tebow all that much. Um, that's a joke. No, I don't talk about it except <laughs> for a joke. Actually, let me ask you this. Does Tim, does Tim Tebow make the regular season roster for? No, but I love the fact that he's such a beefcake and talk, caught two touchdowns in the first in the first day. I, that wasn't <laughs> what set the critics up. That was great. Um, and of course, uh, my other work you can see on the Beyond the Buzzer podcast uh, on the Beyond Beyond the Buzzer Facebook page on Facebook Live Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Be doing a lot more NFL previews, so that's going to be fun all the way around. Just popped in every now and again and sees do some good things, so he can vouch that that can be fun with my main man, Danny Thompson. And, of course, before hilarity by default, we have our required reading uh, vid pod there with my man Demosthenes Euclid, head of hilarity by default, hilaritybydefault.com, and on Twitter as default hilarity. If it got any more shameless, I already made the William H. Macy joke. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'd say that's one hell of a scorecard, brother. I got to give you that. <laughs> All right, Kyle Nash, once again, the student of the game. Thank you so much for being on. Hey, looking forward to the next one, Jeff. Thanks. And we're right back with the TV theme in just a moment. No Republicans, no Democrats, no team from Washington, no team with a star on the side of their head. We don't even talk about alpha and beta storms around here. And if you believe all of that, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Captain and Company in the morning, join me 9 to noon, weekday mornings on OldSchool101.com because class is always in session around here, virus or no virus. So there you have it in honor of the Olympic Games being played. We bring you the Olympic theme, which, you know, this theme actually started on ABC back in the uh, 70s, maybe even the 60s. I don't recall, but uh, uh, sure enough, that is the uh, very iconic theme of the Olympics. That, of course, the more modernized version that you hear on NBC's coverage I have to admit, I have not watched much of the Olympics this year. Um, it's, you know, the Olympics have become somewhat of a, uh, I don't know, uh, the word I'm looking for, but uh, it, it just doesn't have that same flair. You know, and of course, I, you know, I definitely am rooting for the USA to go win lots of medals, win lots of gold, 
and I follow the news here and there. You know, uh, I'm not going to go on crazy on the Simone Biles story because uh, that's that's still in hot take territory, and I'd rather wait for that to develop before giving what I would like to say an intelligent opinion on that because there's many layers to that. Uh, you know, but it's tough to watch. You know, there's no no fans there. You know, Tokyo didn't even want to pursue continuing because they couldn't reap the rewards of having fans and revenue and all that good stuff. But uh, uh, nonetheless, it's still a, a great sporting event. Maybe not with the the, the luster that it once had, uh, but uh, our theme this week. From the Olympics in honor of the games being played, the 2020 games being played in 2021. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.